Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life FM is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, and I'm Tova from Wellspring Counseling, wanting to talk to you today about preparing your heart for Christmas, preparing your heart for Jesus to come. So it's almost Christmas, and we're hearing Christmas stories, we're seeing nativity scenes put up, we're getting our own lights up and our presents ready, preparing our houses for family to come. And the question is, are you ready for Jesus to come to your house at Christmas? Kind of as an aside, I have a friend named Alan Morris who sets up a beautiful nativity in Coral Gables every year. And you know, baby Jesus comes every year into that nativity. And did you know that vandals stole that baby? I want you to know that Alan has it locked down, can't do that anymore. Nobody can steal Jesus from us. Jesus is coming whether we're ready or not. But the question is, are you ready? And what about this question? If Jesus were coming to your house in person this Christmas, is there anything you would do differently to get ready for his coming? For me, preparing for Christmas is kind of like me preparing to start hosting a radio show. I've known for a while that God really wanted me to do this, and we've been wanting to do it, but I have not had time in my life. For me, to start this new thing in my life, I needed to make room in my life, I needed actually, I figured one full day a week to prepare to do this radio show. It's a ministry of Wellspring. It's an education outreach. And we we're excited to do this show. But I had to get rid of some things before I could bring something new in. And that's a little what it's like to prepare for Christmas. So on a personal note, let me tell you what God told me. He told me not only did I need to prepare some room in terms of time in my life, but he actually convicted me for about the last year of some other things that I needed to get rid of before he would let me start up a new part of my ministry. It really, I, I don't want to get too personal here, but it had to do with my personal physical life, my food, my exercise routines. I'm not talking about being good enough for God to be to use me. I'm just saying that sometimes he wants us to be a little more ready. He convicted me that I needed to up my game, that he's a holy God. And when he gives me the opportunity to do his work. He wants me to be a better vessel, a little cleaner, fewer things in my life that I'm wasting energy on because I have bad habits. So the good news for you guys is I'm going to teach in the new year in January about bad habits, good habits, how to create good habits and how to change our bad habits because I've spent about a year studying them, the science of habits and how to change, how to get rid of those things. Because for me, a lot of my routines and my bad choices were not actually daily choices, they were habits. So all that to say, look for that for coming up in the new year. But for now, we're not to the new year, we're to Christmas. And what does it take for you to be ready for Jesus to come into your life this Christmas? Again, I have another caveat before we start into this show, because this is very much a Christian show that I'm about to say, because I'm talking about Jesus coming into your life. So I want to make some comments that Wellspring is a faith-based Christian counseling center. What does that mean? That means that we have Christians who are counselors there. We have counselors who personally have relationships with Jesus Christ as Lord of their lives. However, you're welcome to come to Wellspring. We will not proselytize you. We will not ask you to talk about religious things that you're not interested in. 
It's a place where we help people meet their goals for counseling, and there's a lot of help to be had, even without applying the Bible to it. But for those of you who are Christians and come for counseling at Wellspring, we are so happy to talk to you about the Bible and how it applies to your life. We're happy to pray with you. We're happy to involve your spiritual life in your healing. So having said that caveat, I'm going to move forward because honestly, the very best way to have mental health and to get over things in your life and to solve all the problems in your life is to have Jesus as king in your life. And that's what I want to talk about today how to prepare for Jesus to come into our lives as king. When Jesus actually did come, there was preparation made for his coming. John the Baptist came before him, and in Mark 1, it tells us the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So before Jesus came, God sent a messenger, and the message was, get ready, make the paths straight. Luke 3 adds, every valley should be filled, every mountain and hill should be made low, and the crooked should become straight, and the rough places should become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So what was this talking about, that the roads need to be straightened and leveled and made smooth? What that was talking about was a road into a town for a king to come on. In order for a new king to come into town, the roads weren't paved like our superhighways. They were rough, and the rain came, and the rocks came, and they were rocky. And so if you were getting ready for a king to come, let's imagine we were having the pope come to visit, you would prepare the road for the king to come. If the pope came in our days, sadly, we would prepare the road with lots of police and and, uh, protection from danger and evil people of the world. But you would prepare the way for somebody important to come, and that's what this passage is talking about. Before a king comes, before a new ruler comes into town, we need to prepare the way for them. So let's talk about that king and ruler concept for just a minute. The phrase, the kingdom of God, is a common one in all of the gospels. Jesus said it over and over again. He said, the kingdom of God has come. In Mark 1, it said that after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So these things go together. The kingdom of God basically means a new boss is in town, a new ruler, a new king is coming. We need to get ready. And the kingdom of God, where God rules instead of man rules, is coming. And we need to prepare. And there are two things we have to do to prepare. We have to repent and we have to believe. We have to believe in the gospel. We have to believe that he is king. And we have to repent of our ways so that we make room for him to come in. This is not telling us we have to be good enough for Jesus to come. It is not good enough for the king to come and rule. It's just whether we are available for him to rule over us. Are we willing to repent of our ways and let him be boss? Are we willing to let him come into our lives and believe that he's king and let him be king? That's the preparation, not being good enough, but preparing the way, preparing the room for a new king, a new boss to come. So let's talk about this new boss concept, because my comparison is this, and I think this, this helped me think about a boss, because in America, we're not too big on bosses. We're pretty independent. But let's say you worked for a company and it was a poorly managed company and in comes a new ownership. Your company gets bought out 
by the best ever other company. And you find out that the owner of the new company that your company is about to be taken over by, that the owner is the best boss ever. As a matter of fact, this boss guarantees that anyone under his leadership will be successful. Beyond that, he guarantees that everyone who works for him will be successful in their job. He loves his employees. He gives unlimited resources to his employees. He takes each employee and specially places them in jobs where they're guaranteed to succeed. He gives them everything they need. He wants them to succeed. He designs their jobs perfectly around them so that the job is rewarding and fulfilling. And you find out that this boss is going to make you have incredible rewards, financial rewards, work rewards, co-worker rewards. This is the very best boss ever. And he's coming in to take over your company. The question is, are you ready and are you willing to let him be your boss? Because this new boss has a couple of requirements. He'll do all those things for you, but you have to submit to him as boss. You can't bring your old habits in. You can't bring your old ways in. That petty little conversation you have of gossip at your desk, that competing with your colleagues, that getting even with them, you cheating time on your clock, coming in late, leaving early, doing personal things on your job. This boss watches everything you do. This boss sees everything all the time. You can't get out from under it. So you have a choice. Are you going to let this new boss who's guaranteeing you success and loves you dearly and will give you all the resources and all the rewards you could ever imagine, are you going to let him rule over you? Or are you going to leave the company because you're not willing? That's preparing for the king to come. Make way for the kingdom of God has come. Prepare the ways. And what it means when he comes is that you have a question. Not are you good enough for him to come. Are you willing for him to come and be Lord over your life? Let me give you some other analogies. Jesus talked about when he comes, he doesn't put new wine into old wineskins or they'll burst. He's telling us he's doing a new thing. And when he comes in with a new thing, he wants a new vessel to put the new thing into. That's what he told me personally in the last six months as I've been working on my habits. He said, you know what? Your vessel needs some cleaning. I want a new vessel for a new work I'm going to do. And I'm not really going to start that new work until you're willing to submit in some of these areas of your life. So I'm asking you, what are the areas in your life that you need to let go of in order to make way for the new owner to come? What do you need to repent of? Matthew 3, 1 tells us that in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus tells us that we can't serve two masters. We can't serve God and money. Remember the rich young ruler who came to him and said, what do I have to do to be saved? And he tells him, what are the commandments? And the rich man tells him, I know all these commandments. I've done all these commandments. He was hoping that was enough. And Jesus looks at him and he says to him, go sell everything and come back and follow me. And the man went away sad. And Jesus says, it's hard for a rich person to get into the kingdom of heaven. Not too hard for God, just hard. It's hard because we can't serve God and money. We can't serve God and our lusts. We can't serve God and the world. When we want to have the world plus Jesus, it just doesn't work. He's a tough boss. He says, you can't have two masters. So you need to repent. You need to let go of things that allow you to let me rule. 
The goal is not to make you feel guilty. I'm not talking about repentance so you can feel guilty. The goal in repentance is so you can let go of what keeps you from moving towards God. 2 Corinthians 7.10 tells us, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. The purpose of repentance is not that we go around feeling guilty and beat ourselves up for things. The purpose of repentance is to bring us to salvation so that we get a new boss and we have no regrets over letting go of things and letting the new boss rule. Do you want to get social with Wellspring Counseling? Follow them on Facebook at Wellspring Counseling or Twitter at Wellspring Miami and their Instagram is Wellspring Counseling and subscribe to their e-news at wellspringmiami.org to receive the latest news about their programs and events. When I was a child, I was born in East Africa to missionary parents and I lived there as a little child and I remember a story about I don't even know it's true, but about trapping monkeys in Africa, that these trappers would get this cage, and the cage would have little bars on it, and they'd put the cage out there, and they'd put food, something that monkeys really liked, probably wasn't a banana because it would have squished, but anyway, they put food in there, and the monkeys would come, and they'd squeeze their little hand through the bar and grab this food. The problem is, once they grabbed that food in their fist, their hand could no longer squeeze back out through the bar. And the interesting thing is that those monkeys would not let go. They wanted to have the food and their freedom. And in the process, the trappers would come and there would be that monkey who could be perfectly free. But instead, he's holding on with his hand to this thing he has to have, refuses to let go of. And in the process, he becomes enslaved, trapped by his own selfishness. That's a little what it's like for us when we hold on to things that keep us enslaved to the world and not free to God. Here's another analogy. When I go to a black tie event with my husband, I I come with lipstick and a driver's license. And I even hand those over to my husband to carry in his pockets. When I'm going to something really special, I let everything else be left behind. Now, I know that apply does not apply to you men listening. So think about this as just coming with no extra baggage. When Jesus sent his disciples out into the world, he sent them out with no extra bags. Don't bring extra coat. Don't bring a bag. He says, I will take care of you while you're out there. People will take care of you. Trust in me and let go of everything behind you. Let go of that piece of food that's holding you enslaved. Let go of that thing that makes it impossible for Jesus to have room to come in and rule in your life. You know, if you're trying to fit God into your life on one hour on Sunday, or you pray over a meal and think that that means he owes you blessing, it's just not the way it works. He's the king. He's the ruler. He's coming in and he wants to know if you're going to let go of everything, let go of those encumbrances and and let Jesus come. Let's think about it another analogy. Think about you yourself as a little child. Pretend you're a little child and your mom, let's say you have a good mom. I know some of you out there don't, but let's say you have a really good mom and she's calling you in for dinner and you're playing in the mud. Is she going to let you come into that house covered with mud in your filthy clothes and put clean clothes on top of those dirty clothes and let you sit down to that dinner table? The answer is no. Now, you don't, your mom's not saying you have to clean yourself up. She knows you're not even good at it. You don't have to be good enough, but you do have to submit. You have to let go. You have to stop playing in the mud. No more playing. It's over. It's dinner time. You've got to come in. You've got to let your filthy rags come off, all those mud cake things, and you've got to submit to the bath. And then you get the clean clothes that she puts on and the beautiful dinner and the wonderful home for the evening. Again, we have to let go of these things uh, to submit 
to God. Isaiah 64 says, we have all become like one who is unclean. And all of our righteous deeds, even our being good enough, are like a polluted garment. You can't clean yourself up. But you can see and admit that you need cleaning and let go of everything out of the way so you can have a good washing from Jesus. You know, when Jesus preached also after John was arrested, Jesus preached and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Those two things go hand in hand. And then Jesus went on and talked about in Luke 3 that we need to bear fruit in keeping with our repentance. So this again is not us trying to bear our own fruit because the Bible tells us that what we are on the inside is what will come out on the outside. That either the make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. The fruit is the tree is known by its fruit. And so Jesus is telling us, if you are actually in a state of being of repentance, there will be evidence in your life. So as you think through this holiday, what do I need to let go of to let Jesus come in and rule my life? What do I what paths do I need to make straight so he can get in and not have anything in the way? there will be proof that you do it. And it will be behavioral. Something in you will change. You know, uh, people came up to Jesus and asked him, well, what do we have to do to be saved? And it says, this is in Luke 3, and he says, he answered them, whoever has two tunics, two shirts, is to share them with the one who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. The tax collectors also came to be baptized. And they said to him, teacher, what should we do? And he said to them, don't collect more than you're authorized to do. The soldiers asked him, and what shall we do? And he said to them, don't extort money from anyone who th by threats or by false accusation and be content with your wages. There are specific to do's that will be evidence of your pre preparation and readiness for Jesus to come into your life. Now, I have no idea what that do is for you, but here's my challenge to you. You do. If you sit still, and you ask God, what do you want me to do? He will tell you. He promises to tell you. And he's kind of patient. He doesn't give us everything at once. We'd be overwhelmed. He gives us one task of obedience at a time. And my guess is that in your heart, you already know something you're supposed to be doing. Something you've been holding back. That's what happened to me this year. I knew I was holding back in this area of my life. And it really was an area for sin for me, not because it was a big deal, my habits, but because between God and me, I knew he had told me to obey and he was waiting for me to do so. What is God waiting for you to let go of? What is God waiting for you to do that shows that in your heart you accept the fact that he's Lord and you want him to be? You know, people come to counseling for lots of good reasons. Uh, sometimes, every now and then, not the greatest reasons. We do sometimes, and I'm not seeing clients anymore, but for all of our therapists, sometimes I had clients who would come in and their purpose in coming was they wanted to be cleaned up. They wanted me to fix their spouse, their partner, their child. They want me to fix somebody else or fix the consequences of their behaviors and their choices but they didn't want to have to fix them. So it's like, no, 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 I'm not coming for counseling for me. I'm coming for them. He's the one, she's the one, they're the problem. That's not the same thing as submission. Submission to authority is where we come in and we say, okay, I'll do whatever it takes 
to make this work. I'll look at you, I'll look at me, and I'll listen. That When you come to counseling in that way, you're going to have a wonderful counseling session because you're going to have the opportunity to have answers that help you change. When you come to Jesus that way, you're going to have a wonderful time with him because he's going to tell you what to do. All you have to do is do it. That is what making the way straight for the new King Jesus is. Are you going to prepare the path? Are you getting ready for the new boss in your life? That's your part in preparing for Jesus to come this Christmas. You know, when we don't repent, there is a little caveat we need to know, which is that we do come under judgment. Jesus told us in Matthew 11 that the cities where his disciples went and visited came under judgment because they were not repentant. Even though mighty miracles have been done in them, they were not repentant. So we have an opportunity. Um, Romans 2, 4 says, Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? God is not patiently waiting for you to be good enough. God is patiently waiting so you will repent and let go of the things that hold you back from him. That's what he's patiently waiting for. He's leading you to repentance. And repentance doesn't mean you sit around and feel guilty. Repentance means you get forgiven and washed and clean so that he can help you live your life in ways that actually work. So he can be the good boss that you need to make your life work. So you letting go of your sins, repentance prepares the way for Jesus to rule in your life. And when you do it, the good news will spread and others will do it too. The kingdom of God will grow and many lives will be better. Mark 4 tells us this, that Jesus was speaking and he says that the kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed. And then he tells us that it gets planted and it grows into the biggest tree ever and the birds come and nest in it. And that's the way the kingdom of God does. If you submit to King Jesus in your life, in just your little corner of the world, what's going to happen? People are going to see it. People are going to see that your life starts to work and your life starts to change. And they're going to say, wow, why did that? And you say, well, because Jesus is my boss. And so then they say, well, maybe I'll let Jesus be my boss and I'll do what he says and I'll obey and I will repent and I will come to him and let him wash me and clean me and make me good. And then the next person does it. The next person does it. And that's how the kingdom of God grows. The rulership of God grows. That's what happened. The disciples, Jesus, 12 disciples in a little part of the world 2000 years ago. And here we are with millions of Christians around the world. The kingdom of God grows. The rule of Jesus in this world is growing. He already won the battle. He is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And his kingdom is going to grow. The question is, are you going to let it grow in your life? Are you going to prepare the way and get ready for the Lord to come into your life this Christmas? I'm glad you joined me today. And I'm looking forward to having you join me next time. I would love it if you would give me some feedback that you're listening to this show. If you will send me an email at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Send me a little email. Tell me what you're repenting of. Tell me what the show meant to you. Um, ask any questions you would like. It's time to wrap up. So this is Tova Kreps with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter. Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami-Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. 
Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring's services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010 or email them at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.